How's it going, sci-fi fans? This is Alex Malari from Dark Matter, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. AudibleTrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose. We're going, we don't need roads. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. You are Dave Sellers. Um, all right, let's talk. Uh, we're gonna, we have a special show tonight. Not, uh, we won't go into like uh, what's in our sci-fi world and all that. We want to share a little bit of uh, a panel discussion that happened at Farpoint 2020, and tell me a little bit um, about this panel. Yeah, so we we uh, we had a, we were talking about the mirror universe in Star Trek, and had a great title. I agree with it. It was called uh, the Mirror Universe. Um, it doesn't make sense, but it's fun. And so we did it a humorous way. I was with three other great panelists. I was with uh, Keith DeCanado, uh, Star Trek novel fun. author, a lot of his, a lot of his, uh, uh, his uh, original work. Um, he wrote novels in the Mirror Universe. Uh, Scott, you and I are kind of acquainted with um, the cosplayer. He cosplays cute at the conventions that we yep. go to. Um, he has a, a, a YouTube show called Fandom Spotlight. Uh, he was in his Q uh, cosplay and in character. He was a lot of fun. I mean, I think if anything, I, I he made me laugh during the whole time. Uh, was with another gentleman, and his name eludes me at the moment. Uh, he had a, his own original work uh, fan film. But the four of us, we were, we, we were the panelists, and David was there. We just had fun geeking out about uh, the Mirror Universe and how it doesn't work at times, but that's okay. It's a chance to, to you know, for our heroes to become bad guys for an episode and and a- a- act uh, over the top and ridiculous, but um, still entertaining. So, Dave, uh, you sat in the audience. Uh, what was your take on this? It was fun. Um, the guy who cosplays Q was absolutely hilarious. He uh, stayed in character quite a bit. From time to time. Oh, so you stayed uh, in character as Keith, Q while you were Yeah, for for good pieces of the good pieces of the panel. It, it was it was quite quite humorous. Um Keith to Canada was was uh lively and, and entertaining. It, as from what I hear his, his panels generally he can be. Um but it, it was a good talk about it. It was a good talk about it. We talked all things mirror universe. Um and it didn't really relegate itself to Star Trek. We went into 
alternate universes of, of other in other series uh, comics a little bit but it was uh it, it, it certainly was a fun panel awesome well i'm looking forward to hearing it and uh and this of course was recorded at farpoint 2020 and so you're going to hear the con noise that you typically do in a panel and hopefully uh audience members you'll be able to hear what they say as well um anything else we need to say before we uh, go into this um, I, I think if you're a fan of any kind of mirror universe, whatever genre, I, I think you'll find, I think, I think you'll find this conversation, um, a, a fun one to listen to. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. All right, Miles. Well, uh, I guess we won't really end the show here, but, uh, do you want to take us into the interview? Sure. So thanks for listening and until next time, good night and good luck. All right. Enjoy the interview. I don't need to. It's very <laughs> Well, there's this Obi-Wan guy who says, many, many truths are possible depending on your point of view, or something like that. But anyway, welcome one and all to our Mirror Universe panel. Um, I am Q, though I'm also known in this universe as Kaya Williamson. I'm the executive producer of Phantom Spotlight, writer actor, um, fan, cosplayer. Not that I'm cosplaying now. No, this is my normal dress. Right. And, dress uh, for the job you want. Yes, dress for the job you want. <laughs> I want to be cute. Um, I actually that put that really on Instagram. Is that a job, though? I don't think it pays very well. Well, the, the benefits are out of this world. Literally. Oh, <laughs> but I will allow the other panelists the honor of Introducing themselves, because I can't be bothered. Please, over here. Uh, hi, I'm Keith Arredicandro. I have written a lot of books and short stories and comic books and things, including some that have taken place in the Mirror Universe. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote a Voyager Mirror Universe short novel called uh, The Mirror-Scaled Serpent, which was in the collection of City and Alliances. It um, had... Uh, several members of what our Voyagers crew in the, in the mainline universe uh, working with the Terran Rebellion uh, that we saw in Deep Space Nine. Uh, the plot of the story involves Neelix and Kess falling through the caretaker's rabbit hole and winding up in the Alpha Quadrant. Um, and much wackiness ensues. Um, wacky mirror universe. Indeed. And I also did a short story called Family Matters, which dealt with uh, various Klingon characters. Uh, Klingon and Cardassian characters and politics within the Klingon Cardassian Union in the Mirror Universe. Uh, I've also been a fan of Star Trek since birth. Um, before that, if my parents are to be believed, uh, my, my, my mother watched the show while pregnant with me. Uh, and uh, I've been uh, writing about Star Trek for various sources, primarily lately Tor.com, uh, for a very long time. Uh, I've been doing rewatches of the various Trek TV shows, <coughs> excuse me, and reviews of the new Trek TV shows for Tor.com since 2011. So. Very nice. Next. 
Uh, hi, I'm Miles McLaughlin. I co-host a podcast called the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Uh, I've been doing it since uh, 2009, and like Keith, I've been a Star Trek fan as long as I can remember. Watching it on a little black and white TV, um, 19 inch, which 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 was seemed huge at the time. Um, <laughs> a fan of all things Star Trek, Mirror Universe is a fun place to visit, and I'm happy to talk about with these fine gentlemen. My name is Roy Sussing. I'm a uh, executive producer with Dark Operations Terminus, an independent uh, sci-fi miniseries shot in the Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area. Uh, huge, huge Trek fan. Uh, our film is actually originally a uh, fan film that we were thinking about doing and then decided to play in our own little universe. Action huge Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, huge fan of the Mirror Universe. Anything anything Dark Trek, I love. I, I think that's a fun place to play. And since you have a goatee, you're obviously from there. Yes, yes. yes. That's you know, the standard routine. <laughs> you're visiting. Yes. Yeah. I'm not really here. I popped him over. Just <laughs> just the, for uh, this panel. <laughs> so the, the, the way the way in which somebody having a goatee meaning they're evil like embedded itself in the popular culture since Mirror Mirror aired in 67 is just hilarious to me. Uh, (laughs) Even look at Michael Knight. Right. Yes, evil Michael. Evil Michael Knight had the goatee. Yep. Um, That's how you know somebody's evil. Though, Mirror Universe was actually inspired by I believe something out of the Justice League. Um, There was a Justice League comic that showed an evil Justice League and that, so Mirror Universe wasn't the first foray into alternate realities where things are not quite the same, where good guys are bad guys and such. And there's been a lot since then. Um, so we're going to talk about the fun. We're going to also talk about the flaws of the Mirror Universe. Um, but let's start out with the fun part. So let's go down the line and you could say what you find most attractive and fun about the Mirror Universe. And let's go in reverse order. So. Okay. Uh, one of the things I love is, you know, you get so invested in certain characters. And you've always wondered, what could really be their little dark side? What what could, you know, if given a situation, could Cisco have gone this way instead of that? And and as a, a, a fan and, and producer and stuff, I love stories like that. Um, I love seeing, as, as I think it was Ronald Moore said one time, the dark underbelly of the Federation. I want to see what really drives somebody because they're not always rosy on the outside. You don't know what kind of stuff they went through or, <coughs> Section or what they really are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the fun. Um, just some of the over-the-top behavior from our heroes. Um, just the, from the very first episode, just seeing um, – you know, somebody screwed up. Okay, it, you know, you go to the agony uh, booth for a while. Uh, that's that's how they maintain discipline. Um, and it had to be Chekhov because he screams better than everybody. <laughs> he does have the best. Yeah, yeah, he does. And um, and he screams with a Russian accent because screaming was invented in Russia. <laughs> and, and the the over the top uniforms. I mean, of course, the captain has to have uh, a sleeveless. Uh, uh, uniform shirt. Um, the women have to wear thigh high, you know, these thigh high boots. Um, <laughs> and bare midriff. And bare midriff to, you know, um, you know, that's their uniform. It's just, just some crazy over the top stuff they do there. I will say that the mirror universe is 
fun because it does turn everything on its head. Uh, the over-the-top stuff. And the fact that when they trend, the transporter beams switched, they actually switched clothes, was kind of an interesting <laughs> thing. Um, but I guess the story wouldn't have worked without that. Yeah. It's like, Captain, did you get a wardrobe change on your way from the planet? That's not logical. Um, but yes, I think I've always been a fan, not just of the mirror universe, but of alternate history as a whole. Seeing, you know, universes like I enjoyed The Man in the High Castle. Oh, yeah. Um, great series, a lot of politics. Unhappy that it ended so abruptly, but, you know, they ended it. It happens. So seeing the road not taken, seeing this is what the hero could have been like, this is, you know, whether it be a superhero or these Star Trek characters, it's, it's always been a great fun and because it is a different universe and uh, it doesn't really affect the main so it's kind of a a safe spot for them to be evil so that's my thoughts my my the, the the part of the fun for me is similar to what you were just saying just about alternate history in general just you know okay what if this didn't happen what are the consequences then one of my favorite comics growing up was marvel's what if comic book Mm -hmm. uh, which which was the same thing, you know. What if Phoenix had not died? What if you know Spider Man joined the Fantastic Four? Daredevil became an agent of Shield, right? Um, and 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 which Disney Plus is actually going to be doing as a series uh, sometime soon. And that that's that's always fun to see. Okay, so this happens. So then what ha what what are the what are the ripple effects of that? Having said that, with the Mirror Universe, it's it's not. It's constrained by the fact that anytime you do a Mirror Universe story, you have to have all the same people in almost the same places they were because that's part of the fun. It's supposed to be, you know, a funhouse mirror versions of everybody. So, you know, um, so you wind up with people who realistically, if history had gone that way, wouldn't all be in the same place they were. But who cares? Because <laughs> you're having fun with it. Um, you know, the... the uh, I deliberately did the opening scene of the Mirror Scaled Serpent as a riff on the opening scene in Caretaker, except instead of Chakotay in a Maquis ship, it's Chakotay in a Terran Rebellion ship, and Tuvok's with him, and instead of Bolana next to him, it's Seska, but with the same dialogue. And um, so that was, you know, it, it, doing that and then turning it on its ear. Um, that and plus, it's such a wonderful acting exercise on, on the TV shows. Uh, some some wonderful moments from you know evil Sulu with the scar and <laughs> and Uhura you know pretending to seduce Sulu for a second and then pulling a knife on him um, all the way through to uh, Nana Visitor's amazing portrayal of the Intendant oh, yeah. you know uh, that was my one of my favorites because her entire body language was different you knew instantly whether it was the Intendant or Kira or not just from the way she moved. Um, from the look in her eyes, everything. She just completely uh, inhabited that part. All the way through to Tilly on Discovery with one of my favorite lines in the history of Star Trek, which was a line about how I'm, I would cut your tongue out and lick my boots with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, actually, Keith brought up the flaws of the Mirror Universe concept is that with all this alternate history... For there to actually be a Captain Kirk of the Enterprise all these years later. They went back and they showed um, the Mirror Universe um, on Enterprise. Yeah. And they actually spoke of how a lot of the literature was different going back quite some time, except for Shakespeare, for whatever <laughs> reason. Um, 
Which means that the mirror universe didn't split that recently. There was right. a, I think there was one book kind of hinted that the mirror universe was created when, um, who's that uh, gentleman who created the warp drive? Cochran. 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 Um, either decided to tell the the Vulcans about the Borg or not. That was what, but. There's a lot of theories about where it diverged. In fact, there was a fan film with uh, the Farragut crew where they had the mirror universe started out in this time of George Washington, where when he was about to, you know, have the U.S. become its first democracy, he was so wowed by this new technology that he said we need to be on guard against such threats and form the Terran Empire. So there's a lot. But if that happened, wherever it split off from for there to be doppelgangers in similar positions as you said is ludicrous yes (laughs) i mean it's fun so are we actually dealing with one mirror universe are we dealing with different universes that kind of come close it oh yes and no parallels gave us a a handy way out for that that there could be a whole bunch of different versions of the mirror universe Mm -hmm. The, the biggest problem with the mirror universe is that it is kind of a one note joke and the big uh, on Deep Space Nine in particular uh, was having problems with it because each yeah. exposure to the mirror universe it got less and less interesting. Once the novelty of oh look it's Cisco but he's a pirate and it's Kira but she's an insane psychopath and it's my it's O'Brien and now well, he's exactly the same but but <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's and and it's Odo but he's really nasty I loved Mirror Odo I wish I wish they didn't blow up Mirror Odo because Mirror Odo was awesome it's it's Quark but he's nice yeah. you know uh, all the Ferengi are nice I like he's charitable but, and, and every single episode in the Mirror Universe the Ferengi got killed that was great but the Issues the problem, but the problem was, well, <laughs> the problem was it just it, it was diminishing returns. After a certain point, it's like, yeah, okay, they're fine, they're all evil, we get it, and it just it, it loses its effectiveness once you're past the oh my god, Spock has a goatee here. Um, so that that was a bit of a problem, I thought. Um, it just it, it wore out its welcome after a certain point. Of course, uh, if I ever read the novel Dark Mirror by Diane Duane. Yes. Yeah, yep. that another was version. Yeah. Mirror universe. To me, it's more interesting because you can have you can have as many mirror universes as you want. Yeah. Indeed, there was even a uh, comic book story that occurred between the uh, search for Spock and the voyage home, where Mirror Kirk was still in charge of the Enterprise, yep. and. To heal his mind, this the Spock of the Prime Universe actually did a mind meld with the Spock of the Mirror Universe to like fill in some gaps somehow because I guess that works. It was it was actually a really great story. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, a fun story. And yeah. Kirk saying from the Mirror Universe saying this Kirk would never blow up his own ship was kind of very ironic. Yes. Um, any, any other thoughts about the flaws of the Mirror Universe? Or well, yeah, a society like that. Couldn't survive long. Uh, everybody is paranoid of everybody. Um, if I was serving on a starship, um, I think the safest place would be scrubbing plasma conduits or peeling potatoes. Nobody would want that job. Lower decks, mirror universe. Well, no, coming soon. <laughs> to be fair, if, if you look at mirror mirror again, 
there are very specific circumstances under which you can kill somebody like that to advance in rank. And the, the, and the only reason it happened as much in Mirror Mirror as it did is because the mainline Kirk was there fucking everything up. <laughs> um, you know, because Chekhov specifically said no one will question uh, killing a superior who had disobeyed orders, meaning it would be questioned in the first place. That Mirror, so, Mirror Kirk did kill Mirror Pike. Did was would you recall? Yeah, but Pike? we don't know the circumstances. Of yeah, um, the I could have had a conscience. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so, but the the thing is, that there were, it was obviously could only do certain things with orders. That some of those orders could be you must kill your superior, mm-hmm. but there's still a process for it. It's not just people randomly killing each other. Yeah. But but but, but, every, but everybody seems to be more paranoid. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is definitely a, a more hostile well, work environment. Yeah, you're up in the agony uh, booth. Yeah. For for me personally, I I like you. I was a huge fan of Man in the High Castle. I really wish my my, <laughs> my favorite flaw, okay, my, my biggest flaw with that or with with the Trek Mirrorverse is the fact that yeah they happen to end up in almost the same positions as they. I would have loved to have seen Kirk doing something other than being a captain or something you know something else along those lines. Because yeah, but then he can't use all the same actors. Yeah, that's true. Too. Well, and you could, but he could be pushing a broom or a vacuum or something. But you when know? you see the ripple effect, I mean, just when Q, me, goes back and, you know, does not have Picard get stabbed in the heart, helps him avoid yes. that fight, fate, the ripple effects is he, you know, basically does not take chances, and he ends up a lowly ensign that, you know, never gets, you know, promoted. So, you know, to think that in the Mirror Universe that Picard would still become a captain... In one mirror universe, in the the dark mirror books, or you know that he would be a uh, captain of a ship. I think he was uh, a smuggler, working kind of with the human race. I don't know. There's been yeah, a lot of books in the, in the the more recent mirror universe books. Yeah, the, uh, I the, I did in a, a book, <laughs> the Q book I wrote, Q and A had. Picard visiting a bunch of different alternate realities, and one of them was basically a riff on the mirror universe if if Terran Empire had stayed intact through to the next gen time, um, in which Lore was the second officer on the ship. Uh, <laughs> LaForge uh, is not there because he would have been killed at birth, because he was blind. Um, so O'Brien's the chief engineer. Um, and and that was that was something I always but thought. Wouldn't he have cool. been killed at birth because he was I no, I'm just yeah, um, but that was and, and and it was particularly fun to write lore as the actually at that point he was the first officer of the ship because Riker had been killed or got promoted or something I don't remember, but uh, but that was fun, um, and and it's you know but it, it it part part of the fun of doing the mirror universe from the perspective of the people producing the TV shows is the acting exercise for for the actors it you know the not visitor can be all slinky and and and. Um, George Takei can be nasty and well, Walter Koenig screamed no matter who he was playing. But, um, <laughs> and 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 God, Michelle Yeoh is having so much fun playing Mirror Georgiou right now um, that the that that's part of why you have that necessary part of it. But you're right it, from from an alternate history point of view, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, which is why, which leads back to what I was saying about how it overstays its welcome. Once you get past the novelty of it, it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. Um, Do you think? I mean, 
they actually bought the Mirror Universe several times into the DS9 yeah. storyline, and then we didn't see it really for a while until they bought it back for Discovery. Oh, no, Enterprise. 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 That's, that was that's after. true. That was after. But they didn't actually visit. No, I that was actually like, the only story, that was the only Mirror Universe story that didn't actually have characters cross over. Mm-hmm. Though it shipped it. Yes. Which is kind of cool. why I said characters. I choose um, my words carefully. I'm a writer. <laughs> this is what I do for a living. But... <laughs> Yes, if you call this living, anyway. But uh, but yeah, that that which was which was kind of interesting, but it also made the story feel kind of consequenceless. Right, but it kind of gave a uh, idea of what happened to that uh, the defiant. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Kind of closed a loophole that no one really was that concerned about. <laughs> Although they're well, screwed up a perfectly good Starfleet Corps of Engineers story that Dayton Warden Kevin Dilmore wrote that explained what happened to the defiant. But oh well. <laughs> ah, but alternate universes. Yeah. That always happens. It it could have been a split-off version from another. Yeah. So, but do you feel that bringing it back on Discovery, was that a good move (laughs) for Discovery to explore that mirror universe? Or was it kind of resting on the laurels of previous um, Trek series? And let's... For me personally, I, I wish... I, I kind of understand why they did it, especially with Discovery, that, that first season, trying to find out what their footing was. I think they were trying to really play to, okay, we need to get the old fans on board, we need to get new fans on board, and we need to explain it. But for me personally, I don't think they had to necessarily go back and play in that part for Discovery to have been successful that first season. I think they were just looking at, okay, what can we do to ease the pain of older Trekkers? <laughs> I, I think both. I think it was. I think they made it work, but I also think it was a bad idea. But I also think being in the 23rd century was a bad idea. But that 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 ship has sailed. Uh, I um, agree. Yeah. But uh, it parts of it worked really well. Um, Tilly's tongue line was the whole thing was worth oh. it just for that line. Uh, and the uniforms are amazing. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love those. Yeah. I love the 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 outfits that they came up with. Um, and 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 again, it, and it got Michelle Yeoh back on the show. Um, which and, and any excuse to get have Michelle Yeoh on your show, you should take, <laughs> <laughs> because it's Michelle. Yeoh. But um, having said that, it it and it did did uh, provide a way of explaining why Lorca was such a jackass. But um, it it worked and it didn't at the same time, which pretty much is Discovery season one in a nutshell. <laughs> um, part you know it, it they made it work as best they could, um, despite a shaky premise. Yeah, I agree. and parts of it worked really well. Parts of it, not so. And I did get the impression that it was, as you were saying, trying to get the old school trekkers kind of saying what what elements could we grab that people really like from the other Trek series and bring it in to this so that people will associate discovery with Trek because yeah. some people were having problems doing that because yeah. different format of storytelling, um, bad choice in when the storyline was placed. I don't know. My, my thought, and I've said this for, you know, since they announced it, is why don't they have it, like, right after Voyager? That way they can do all kinds of technological things. Yeah. And no one's going to complain that it doesn't look like, you know, 1960s, <laughs> you know, sets and all that stuff. So they, I think they did a good job in season two of cleaning up stuff. Um, for the most part, I think they over they overcompensated, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't care, I don't care that much that the technology is different, but the same reason why I don't care about the fact that Spider Man was created in nineteen sixty two in nineteen sixty 
62, yeah, but, or 63, whatever. Um, but he's still, but is still in his 20s in the comics <laughs> in 2020. Um, because that, that, you know, we are not, we are not Thermians watching historical documents. <laughs> and, uh, Why the hell is he still alive? Well, exactly. He must have Galactus to a problem. He's a radioactive spider bite. <laughs> right. Nobody else has gotten into but yeah, that's yeah, and it's all, it's also why I have no trouble believing that you know Kirstie Alley and Robert Curtis were playing the same character. But um, why is Robin still the boy wonder? Yeah. Um, Can I say? Well, there's several Robins. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole but, other discussion. Different panel. That. Damian but Wayne. That that part doesn't bother me so much, but um, it's still. Uh, but I. I and like I said, we're, we're, we're stuck with it now. I, I thought even asking the question was a mistake. But uh, having said that, um, it was worth it to get that recreation of, of the Enterprise. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. In the season two, which was, which was glorious. Though I have problems with them handling of Section 31, but that's, no, 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 yeah. that's, that's also a different panel. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say, I think and ironically, you then call yes. on the Section 31 out. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> My time has come. Yeah. Uh, I, one of the things I think it's overlooked, though, is how good... <laughs> The two-part episode of Enterprise was uh, it, because even though it didn't have a, it's just a out of the blue, really, when you think about it, that intro where they changed the whole intro to Enterprise with the alternate history. So yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah. Like, that, oh, that was the only time in four years on television that I liked the Enterprise opening credits. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, like, it had the war music and the dark shower and the rise of the... And, so and yeah, like all the... All the, the, the changing all the images, that was, the, that was opening, brilliant. Thought, oh my gosh. And, yeah. Cochran, and Cochran shooting the Vulcan at the end of First oh, Contact. That, that was... Yeah. Yeah. Sold. Yes. I mean, it was, yeah. that was so... I think the thing that we're looking here is that like Unlike Deep Space Nine, where it just was a one note play, played to you know to death, basically, yeah. this was actually it made the mirror universe its own thing, and it added, I think, yes, the defiance is a footnote, but it actually added consequences again to the whole like because if you think about Next Gen, one of the things that that I think Deep Space Nine kind of did, and Next Gen did, was this idea of like space travel adding consequences, or there you know instead of just you know being a, an adventure a week. Things would add up, you know, like when warp drive was like was space, yeah destroying what, subspace. Yeah, but then they didn't do anything with it. But yeah. uh, well, I know. Yeah. But that's, that's what I think is interesting here, though, is like the defiant warping, and then that that crossover of the mirror universe where they're getting like future technology, right? Mm-hmm. There, as yeah. possibly that that whole threat of contamination. It, it added this level of consequence. So with discovery using this new technology. And that you know that, that touching with the mirror universe yeah. and all that stuff sort of added in a lot of ways a really interesting accrual of like all the stuff that's been going on in Star Trek over time and and and, and I, I kind of wonder if, if actually uh, we're overlooking the the how really interesting that it wanted Enterprise contribution was and I think why it opened up a whole new level of playing in the mirror universe because really I would say that Discovery is this is the is the sequel to that Enterprise episode and let's face it I mean George O. It, 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 when we saw Hoshi Sato end up as the Empress at the end of the Enterprise episode, and, you know, of course the cast love it. They said, "Oh, it puts the Ho and Hoshi." Character you know? <laughs> <laughs> character in that, but she comes out as the Empress, and we're seeing basically George O's almost like the the in the successor mm-hmm. to right. that. So I, I don't know. I get the sense. I think Discovery had a it lot also, more to play with because of that. Yeah, and 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 I like the fact that Discovery made use of of stuff established not just in 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 a mirror darkly, but also in parallels. Um, yeah. uh, by the the quantum signature bit of techno babble. Um, so they <laughs> so they realized they were in a different uh, universe, which was a nice touch. And and for that, we can probably thank Kirsten Beyer, who is. Uh, mm-hmm. Now uh, she's she's one of the producers on Discovery and is the supervising producer and co-creator of Picard, and um, 
her job is basically Star Trek continuity cop. She's the one who uh, they don't always listen to her. But <laughs> I was going to say, um, yeah. but 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 she's she's the Trek expert uh, on the writing staff and 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 part of her job. And, and that was that was from her. Um, she actually she actually has a great story. And this is this is when, it was when Jonathan Frakes was there. Was, and this relates because he was directing a Mirror Universe episode when this happened. Um, Jonathan Frakes went up to Kirsten when he was there to direct his for his episode. And he said, I hear you're the Trek expert. And she very diplomatically said, well, not compared to some. Uh, and he leaned in close and said, where does the captain go to the bathroom? <laughs> and without missing a beat, Kirsten said, wherever he wants, he's the captain. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, is probably right. even more true in the mirror universe. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Um, captain he... just pisses on anything. Or anyone. Or anyone. Um, which actually, the fact that it is a bit brilliant, I think, that the Enterprise episodes that brought over the uh, Defiant gave them future technology because, as you were saying, their society with a lot of mistrust, a lot of technological um, advances rely on cooperation, rely on people working with each other. Terran Empire doesn't seem like a very cooperative place, so for them to be on par with yeah. the technology of the Federation when, like in Kirk's time, getting that boost of the, a future ship and then analyzing it and, you know, using it actually makes a lot of sense, I think. So, um, and plus whatever they might have gleaned from, you know, the, uh, the discovery being temporarily in their universe. But I, I think that's a logical thing for the Enterprise um, episodes to actually fit in and have consequences so not yeah. immediate consequences to the characters that you know we and like there were only Enterprise. like three episodes left after that anyway so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah which mm -hmm. which is kind of a shame because it was actually showing more potential oh yeah. heck yeah mm -hmm. you know it was a yeah. long road getting from there to here <laughs> <laughs> well couldn't help myself <laughs> i will say like what you said probably Discovery didn't need to go to the mirror universe, but I enjoyed when they discovered they are in the mirror universe since they kind of have a head start. The the scenes where they're changing the um, the the U on the ship and making it an I, making the ISS yeah. Discovery, I thought mm -hmm. that was cool. And they're fabricating uniforms and just kind of playing the part yeah. uh, of, of where they are. I seem to recall also that it was at that episode – in those episodes, we discovered that they discovered the fate of the Defiant, but they said, "Wait a minute, Defiant in our universe is stationed such and such." But they, either through downloading some records from another yeah. ship, they they find out what their discovery is in in this universe. Yeah, I remember fans just right. They squeeing. hooked into the internet and all that. Yeah, they hooked in, yeah, exactly. But the fans were squeeing that you know they were, they made reference to the the, the uh, Defiant from TOS time. Yeah, I don't want to, um, you know, go through all the mistakes that were made in Discovery Season 1, but they did. <laughs> that would be a whole different panel, maybe three. Um, but the, I do like the fact that they did make an effort at some points to reference other things to actually tie it in. So, And that was a place where they definitely succeeded. Um, so... Any other thoughts about um, the Mirror Universe, and do you think we're going to see it again? Anything's possible. I mean, you know. The, the, it is Star Trek. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, <laughs> with the exception of Next Generation, uh, 
and so far, at least Picard, uh, every show has done it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, no, Voyager, Voyager hasn't done it directly, but Voyager had a version of it in Living Witness. Um, but uh, but it's been it's been used repeatedly. I mean, you know, it was on TOS, it was on DS9, it was on Enterprise, it was on Discovery. So, and the odds are good that if the Section Thirty One series they're developing focuses on Georgiou, that we might see more of it just through that character. Um, if if that's how it goes, I don't know. Yeah, especially anything about in, how that show is going to be developed. Especially in flashbacks, you would yeah, think exactly you would see it there. Yeah. And for that matter, we may still on Discovery through flashbacks with her mm-hmm. also, since she's still on the ship. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of ways they could still go back in there, um, and it might be fun to you know. Yeah, how would it again? What would make it fresh? My, well, actually, one place where it might be interesting to see it is in one of the two animated series being developed. There's the Lower Decks, and there's another one that doesn't have a title yet. Um, just because one of the reasons why it's fun is seeing the actors, in essence, playing dress-up. Mm-hmm. You know, um, pretending to be something they're not. So, given that we're getting a new set of characters on both those shows, on, on, on Lower Decks and the other one... Um, that might be a fun thing to do. Probably more lower decks than than because uh, the, the other one they're developing is actually not going to be shown on CBS <laughs> Access. It's going to be on Nickelodeon, um, and it's and it's geared toward kids. So you may not want to do the Mirror Universe in a, in a kid show. <laughs> it's um, okay, mommy. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, having said that, uh, that that ju- ju- I think one of the reasons why they've gone back to it. You know, on DS9 and on Enterprise and on Discovery is is to give a chance to show evil versions of the characters we know and love. So yep. as we create new characters in in the setting, yeah. or in the case of Discovery, showing us evil versions of characters they wanted us to love. Yes, <laughs> I, some of us already did, but uh, it, Tilly definitely. Yeah. Um, I would have to say from day one um, was was awesome, and she had the best Mary Universe line. Yes. <laughs> I cannot disagree with that. <laughs> there is no way we can disagree with that. Um, so, I'm not sure what time it is. It is what 6.34. We... Oh, we've we got plenty of time. Woo-hoo! All right. So, the Mirror Universe has also inspired a lot of other fiction that had similar themes. Um Favorite piece of alternate mirror universe style fiction oh, from uh, as I said earlier, I thought um, from from a, a young man who in the eighties grew up in Germany, uh, Man in the High Castle had me wrapped in from from square one. Especially when you, there in that universe you have John Smith, who's this Führer basically of the United States. It's just an everyday average sales guy, and I'm like. That's perfect. That's exactly what I would expect to see in, in that character based off of what they were showing. Um, you know, the, 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 that's one of the best pieces I've seen in a long time. I mean, I was hooked into that show right from the beginning. So that's just me personally. I loved Man in High Castle. Something else I also loved, uh, some of the DC animated uh, movies. I think it was called, it's not... It's a similar title to the comic books, but different story. Uh, Crisis and Multiple Earths or Infinite Earths. Um, but 
Lex Luthor from this parallel Earth travels to, we'll just say, or, or another, you know, our Earth or another Earth where our super, where our heroes are to try to get them to help him mm-hmm. because the, the, I think they're called the the crime the justice syndic- lords or. Well, that was another one. That was another crime one. Syndicate. Crime syndicate. Yeah, or something that, that, like that. Yeah, yeah. It was the, they're called the crime syndicate. But instead of Superman, you had Ultraman. Yeah. Uh, you had instead of Wonder Woman, you had Superwoman. Uh, instead of Batman, you had Owlman. Um, and Flash was Johnny Quick. Yeah. Lantern was mm-hmm. Power Ring. That was my favorite because it was just so phenomenally <laughs> unimaginative. <laughs> just call me Power, Power Ring. Ring. Yes. Which I'll say is that most people they became superheroes would come up with names like that. It seemed the way they wrote that character, the ring was wearing the person. Yeah. So, but that was well, although, but one thing I would do want to say about Man in the High Castle is that it actually predates Mirror Mirror technically because yeah. the novel came out in 1962. Yeah, I guess we can expand it to you know yeah. favorite alternate yeah. you know universe story. One, one one of my favorites was actually a 70s TV show called Quark with Richard Benjamin. Very short lived show. It was it was basically a Star Trek parody. They even used the same sound effects that start. They 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 bought the rights to use the sound effects from from Paramount. Um, it was it was a comedy show about a guy who called uh, garbage. Uh, and there was a Spock character named Ficus, who was a plant. <laughs> um, and Ficus was was a plant who was completely passionless and 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 logical and stuff. And like I said, he was the Spock riff. And um, when they when they did they, they, the riff on Mirror Mirror, and everybody was their evil version except Ficus, who was exactly the same. And then we explained there are no good plants or evil plants. We are simply plants. <laughs> and that stuck with me like 40 years later. Um, I gotta dig that up. Somebody, I don't know if they've released that like on DVD or anything, but that was a wonderful show, and it only lasted like six episodes. It was, it was called Pork. Pork. Definitely have to. And Doctor Who out. did Doctor Who did their own version of that in uh, when John Pertree was on it. Uh, you had you had him going to an alternate universe, and the brigadier was the brigade leader, and he didn't have a mustache because apparently the adding the removal of facial hair is how you show somebody is evil, <laughs> and. Um, uh, and evil versions of everybody else, and that that Earth got destroyed, and then do- the Doctor came back to his Earth and was able to stop the same thing from happening. Well, I have two uh, two things to mention. Well, Sliders was a fun series <laughs> when it started. As, it, <laughs> as time went on, it got you know Not less. But uh, you know, when it started out, it was great to see all those alternate Earths and alternate universes, and Mister Mallory. Yes. Give me the time. Um, it was. That was a very was, good John Rhys Davies, by the way. Why? Thank you. Uh, I've practiced. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, but another one which not as many people might be aware of is they did a uh, Transformers timeline story called Shattered Glass, which was actually, uh, if you're a fan of the Transformers, um, had evil Autobots and heroic Decepticons. Um, and, and they it, were still called Decepticons. They were so called because they had to deceive the, the Autobots in order Autobots. to survive. Aha, okay. <laughs> well, at least there was a reason behind it. Yes. So, yeah. so they came up with reasons for them to have the names um, <laughs> that were different from this universe, but actually made sense in context. And um, autocratic robots mm-hmm. um, basically wanted to rule the world. And just the parallels and some of the things were brilliant, like... Um, Megatron turning to Starscream and saying, "You're a genius, Starscream." Just <laughs> ne- something you'd never see in the uh, in the actual Transformers. Um, was this was Generation great. One, or was it what later? Well, it was a Botcon exclusive comic. It started out with, um, 
and it was generation one characters. So oh, nice. They actually they did have Cliff Jumper ended up somehow in this parallel world and finding all these evil Autobots and heroic Decepticons and you know things did not go so well for him. You know, when he like was complaining about Optimus Prime torturing Rumble. You know, things like that. But yeah, I think the mirror universe is definitely inspired. I mean it was Again, inspired by comic books, because comic books are awesome and often underrated um, sources of inspiration. Um, but yeah, those are definitely some stories to look up. And Sliders, earlier seasons, definitely. Eventually. I, hmm. mentioned, I mentioned Marvel's What Ifs and DC's Elseworlds uh, for a long time. They both uh, did lots of different stories, and they've been... I know there's an adaptation, if it's not out yet, it is soon, of uh, one of one of my favorite Elseworlds, which was a Superman called Red Sun, in which the mm-hmm. yes. the rock in which in which the rocket ship from Krypton crashed uh, in in on a collective farm in the Soviet Union, um, and so he was raised slightly differently. Um, there's an anime sad. movie coming out uh, yeah. sometime this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. The, the the original was like God. That was in the 90s, I think. So it was yes. a while ago, but. Um, and, and and another one that was uh, uh, called Speeding Bullets, in which um, the 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 ship from Krypton crashed at Wayne Manor, um, and and then little little Bruce Wayne who uh, saw his parents get shot by Joe Chill, and then he killed him with his heat vision. Uh, which so you've got yeah. as you do, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I would yeah. uh, if I if I had heat vision and somebody killed my parents in front of me, I might yeah, kill them. Yeah, um, and yeah, so you've got you know Batman with Superman's powers, which and, and they've done a lot. They had I think a Smallville episode where you know basically Clark was raised by Lionel Luther, and um, they had another. Uh, Somebody said you're going to say he was raised by wolves. <laughs> that would be interesting. Mowgli as well. Superman. <laughs> 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 Did you notice in Speeding Bullets how um, Lex Luthor was combined with the Joker? Yeah, I didn't like that so much. It was like it, it, that was that was a premise that started out good and it just went off the rails completely. It just yeah. it didn't it didn't they didn't once you got past the initial notion, it didn't I didn't like where they went with the actual story <laughs> itself. But the premise was great though. I love that. I just I love the idea of, of combining Batman and Superman that way. Another. Um, going back to Trek's um, your universe, uh, I agree with Keith that DS9 went to the well of, of maybe the scotch too often um, and <laughs> took a lot of the, the fun out of it. But if we were to go back, one of the things I was always interested in was that DS9 brought out was what was it like to have been in that alternate universe? Because we only saw Starship and then we find out that they had enslaved all these people that I, I always thought that that would have been interesting to see what life would have been like under Terran authority. And then when um, we find out from the intendant that our Kirk was a hero in that universe because he allowed all of the, the non-humans to uh, 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 raise up above their enslavers, that those would have been interesting stories to, to see what that was like. And I think, didn't they... Uh... Have I think it might have been in one of the novels where they touched on the mirror universe and Spock was still around because they said Spock succeeded in toppling the Terran Empire and then you know we took over, um, but that was apparently part of Spock's plan. 
he had like a long range plan. Yeah. yeah. So he kind of, they kind of retconned it so that no Spock doesn't make mistakes like that. So I think David. <laughs> well, Spock, yeah, that was, David, David yeah. Mack did a lot of the work on that uh, and Sorrows of Empire and and the follow ups. Uh, yeah, and and Dave's notion was that. Um, Swack isn't that stupid yeah. uh, <laughs> in, in, in any universe. So and 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 also that 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 was a, it was it was actually a really neat idea. The idea that that Spock was thinking long term, that he knew he wouldn't survive to see the fulfillment of it, but that he worked to you know the, the, the toppling of the Terran Empire and the rise of the Klingon Cardassian Alliance was all part of the plan. Uh, and eventually, the the last novel was called Rise Like Lions, which which has a fulfillment of it where where the the alliances. Knocked over in a in a kind of federation is formed. Though though, how a half Vulcan could actually have a, you know, be not a slave on a starship in that universe, um, and be you know first officer. Later on, with the we don't know, family. we don't know, we don't know, we still don't know, even after discovery, what Amanda's status was in the Terran Empire. Yeah, she could. I, I might. Yeah, she could. I, we know Sarek wasn't exactly a big deal after Discovery, but we don't know. Yeah, and Amanda's probably the one who raised him. But you have to also remember in the mirror universe that some of Spock's operatives were Vulcans. Yes. Well, yeah, but that was that they was that was that was that was, a, that was a very yeah, but that was a very useful threat because Vulcans are bigger and stronger, <laughs> <laughs> which they always forget. The novelization of fill in though, did mm. they not also point it? Um, well, not create, but reveal that in order to <laughs> somehow retain some bit of power, their touch telepathy ability was hidden from the Empire. That was that was in the the more recent set of uh, Mary Universe novels. In fact, that was a plot point in the Voyager one I did um, because. Uh, telepaths were outlawed. And telepaths are outlawed, that, and the fact that Vulcans are telepaths was a, a very closely guarded secret. And when Kesh showed up, uh, she became a very valuable resource because Wakampans are telepathic. Um, so, um, and so I have Dr. Lewis Zimmerman experimenting on her. Um, that was fun writing writing Picardo's. Not uh, for her. But... Well, no, no, not for her at all. <laughs> um, not for Zimmerman either, because she was a terrible patient. But it was, it was fun to write. Uh, for one thing, writing. Any character played by Robert Picardo, but in particular, either the EMH or Louis Zimmerman, is so much fun. Because <laughs> um, you can visualize. And, yeah. and, and I had the obnoxiousness that we saw on Voyager and also in Dr. Bashir, I presume, when we met Zimmerman himself. I cranked that up to 11 with him as, I mean, he's still technically a slave, but he's a, he's a skilled enough scientist that they've got him in this uh, science base uh, with some other uh, people doing various experiments and things. Uh, and, and he's the one experimenting on Kess because one of his things is to try to recreate telepathy uh, in various species. And he's, he's got jars full of brains on the shelf. Um, I had originally lined that one of them got knocked over and he said, ah, my brains! And my <laughs> editor made me cut it out. Aww. He said it sounded too silly. And it's like, dude, it's the mirror universe! Of course it sounds silly! <laughs> now you raised your hand a couple times. I, I was going to build on what she had said about, you know, it, it was, it, maybe it would be fun to see Building the Terran Empire from the time that uh, Cochrane guns down the, the, the Vulcans, uh, because you know we, we have a pretty good idea how the Federation was built in the Prime Universe, but now let's see the you know the the, the Empire get built, and that that allows you to you know to go through so many stories and still go include the ones that you've been telling. Mm -hmm. But it becomes more and more convoluted the 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 more you try to build that history to have. 
these people end up at the spots where oh, yes. well, you know. We've already given into that. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah that's <laughs> that bit of disbelief is already hanging from the tree. <laughs> it's been suspended way up there. <laughs> we don't pay attention to that. Just yeah. move on. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. No plot continuity errors here. Nope. Nope. And then you know you you almost do like a dark shadows kind of thing where you do. We do both. You, you, see, ah, yeah. you see the, the, the Empire in one act, and then you see the Federation in the next act. And <laughs> so it was actually, there was a, a Star Trek novel that David R. George wrote in 2006 as part of the Crucible trilogy, which actually told two parallel stories. One of them was McCoy going through his life. The other one was the alternate timeline in which McCoy jumped through the Guardian of Forever and Spock and Kirk and Spock did not rescue him. So he lived out his life on Earth in the 1930s. Um, Which was a really cool story. Um, Particularly the part where we got to World War II and the Nazis won. So, um, uh, and and what David did was alternate chapters there also. It was the same sort of thing. Like, here's here's this time track and then here's this one and that one. And just, you know, contrasting them. Uh, which which was a lot of fun, and and what you're talking about the building of the Terran, you know, there's a lot of the stuff you could take, you know, alternate takes on what happened on Enterprise, you know, yeah. uh, the whole Pajem storyline and and contact with the Klingons and all the rest of it would be much different. Um, In fact, going back to um, City on the Edge of Forever, having an alternate universe where McCoy was not rescued and Edith Keeler basically helped. Obviously, unwittingly, the Nazis to win would actually be make sense as far as a mirror universe style mm-hmm. origin. Man in the High Castle universe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. There you That's go. Why they shot the Vulcans? Yep. Yeah, because it it couldn't be. It had to be prior to that. And again, in uh, but but it's probably even prior to World War One, just based on comments made in that Enterprise episode that That's the right, literature the credits. Right, and the, and the opening credits. Um, so yeah, going it had to be much further back than that, but it, it would still be interesting to see that created yet another beer universe. Well, you know, and like I said, we saw parallel, parallels gave us such an easy out on that. You know, that 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 there's all sorts of different timelines where you know the only difference is Data's eyes are blue. You know, <laughs> thank you. Or uh, Riker's really, really, really on too much caffeine. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, you mentioning about whether there's another a new mirror universe story we could see uh, or where that could go, and I agree with some of what you said about where they might go with Section Thirty One or Discovery. But what was sort of one of the things that was sort of interesting about the Discovery storyline was that you know for the whole time it was a mirror universe season, like uh, pretty much with, uh, with Gabriel Lorca, I'd say. You yeah. Know? Uh, because once you're introduced to him, it, it, that, that was like we were only going over to the mirror universe and messing with their side of things. Seeing the fact that one of them came over and all this time, now of course now one's permanently over with George O. Uh, There's sort of an interesting concept of like, you know, what's it like on the other side? And this this becomes like this whole new opportunity for them to corrupt. And and so I was thinking if there were going to be a possible interesting storyline that they could do in the future for that, that kind of culminates all of this, that would be new territory. It occurred to me that with Picard, right, if, if Picard goes on for many seasons and they need more new material, <laughs> I'm not saying this would be like an early story pitch effort, but the idea of like, what if the what if there is, as a byproduct of our actions, right, using warp drive, using some of these technologies that we do, 
it actually causes a, an implosion of the mirror universe. And there's a refugee crisis of mirror universe people flooding into our side to escape, uh, you know, or something like that. Where, you know, this idea of like people not wanting refugees in the mirror universe and it's like, well, that's my double coming over. Like, <laughs> especially with, like identity and like people's fear of like, you know, it could be a really interesting thing. Like what if the mirror universe like collapses or there's a crisis over the, where people actually more than what we saw earlier with just one off, like mm -hmm. what if there's like a diaspora? Yeah. And and they, through the wormhole or something, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I, I could see that I could see Picard doing some really interesting things with that because that would give them an ability to bring back some major mainline actors in mirror universe versions and and have this whole thing of like you know crisis in the Federation. It's just I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's probably there's probably a lot more material than we realize yeah. out there to tell the story. I'd just be curious to know, you know, what what whether that should should Picard explore. Your universe. I'm already doing a refugee story with this year, so I don't know if they want to dip into that well again. If they, well, if they won't be on that. But I don't know that they're going to have seven seasons of Picard. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if going to last that long. The the but but that 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 could work very easily as a story. Just you know, and 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 you know, we had a hint of it in. On DS9, when when Kieran Bur when the Mirror Burial came over, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which was which uh, is is not a bad. But doesn't it break the uh, laws of physics? Energy and matter cannot be. Uh, no, that's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, Doctor Who breaks that all the time. But yeah. wouldn't someone coming from an alternate universe? Adding that matter to this universe, it's basically suddenly being created. Well, except that that ship already sailed when Kieran Bashir went over in in crossover. Right, unless somehow and, and the equivalent Kieran, the two Kieran's interacted. I'm not other. changing physics to help you. No, no, no. What I'm saying, don't you do that every single every snap? <laughs> I change the laws of physics. I don't break them. <laughs> Sheesh! What kind of monster do you think I am? <laughs> That was always a, one of my favorite Q lines. Just change the gravitational constant of the universe. It's like, exactly. You mean you can't? <laughs> That's something we learned in like kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> Given that there was very recently an HBO series called Counterpart that seemed to be mirror universe stuff, except right now. And the crossover point is the Berlin Wall. Huh. How long do you have to give that sort of premise time to rest before somebody writes a mirror universe story and somebody else says, oh, well, that's just counterpart set in Star Trek? It's a common enough trope. Yeah, at this point. That, that, that <laughs> even, even, I mean, it, was, it, it existed as a trope before Mirror Mirror, and Mirror Mirror pretty much. You know, ossified it. <laughs> uh, it it it's it's. I mean, like you know, like I said at the beginning of the panel, it, putting somebody in a goatee, everybody sees that and says, "Oh, you're evil now." You know, um, so, it's um, it's it's so ingrained in the popular culture. I don't think it's going to be a problem. So it, when you shave, uh, how should we treat the uh, your parents? The, the, you should you should uh, uh, you should trust. Be afraid. You should console me on my divorce because afraid. if I shave the beard. <laughs> it, it will be grounds for that, so don't hold your breath. <laughs> All right. Also, I hate shaving. I'm really lazy. We are almost out of time. Let's go down, and you can basically final thoughts and where people can find your stuff and such. So, uh, thank you. Uh, 
as I said, guys, thank you. First of all, it's been a pleasure to be on the panel with you guys. I'm a huge fan of Keith down here on the end, Captain Kyle. Uh, so our first meeting, so mm-hmm. this has been fun. Mm-hmm. You guys have Sci-Fi been is an excellent podcast. You should check it out. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to make sure we, we link that for our stuff. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'll get your card later. Uh, uh, with the Dark Ops Terminus stuff, we're on Facebook right now. That's the, really the only place to find us. Unless you stay around afterwards for our premiere tonight. Thank you. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> Humans. Just remember, I had your husband first. Ha <laughs> ha. I can't tell that. Which is why he said it, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, apparently so can your husband. <laughs> I really can't top that. Um, <laughs> um, so I'll just say, I'm delighted to check out my podcast, and I do it with my, my friend uh, David here. He's one of our co-hosts. Uh, if you need want to look at more Star Trek Mirror Universe material, IDW has done some Good stuff with yeah. last year and a half of uh, Mirror Universe action in the Mirror Universe. Uh, so check out IDW Comics about that. But uh, yeah, Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Uh, you can uh, if you go to decandido.net, It's a really terrible website, but it has a link. It has links to all my various bits of social media and links to ordering my books on various websites and stuff. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I have a blog. I write a lot for Tor.com. I'm currently re-watching Star Trek Voyager. Um, I'm in the first season right now. Um, and I'm also reviewing each episode of Picard as it comes out. I've been reviewing Discovery as it comes out, as well as Short Treks. And I've already got full rewatches of the original series, Deep Space Nine and Next Generation, on the site. Uh, so you should check those out. As well as a rewatch of every single live-action superhero movie based on a comic book. Um, That's a lot. Yes, I finally finished. I caught up to real time uh, in January with Joker. And... Uh, so you should check that out because there's some really cool articles there. And of course, you can just snap your finger. No, um, no you snap. I snap my fingers. You don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, you can find my stuff on uh, fandomspotlight.com, also on YouTube. Fandom, F-A-N-D-O-M, Spotlight, L-I-T-E. Though if you spell it right, you'll still find it. Um, <coughs> And uh, we also do, I do a series called Q Judges on each uh, episode of Star Trek Picard. And I give my opinion. Sometimes I'm complimentary of Jean-Luc and sometimes I'm, you know, not. But (laughs) that's every show. Um, And we also do uh, Walking Dead reviews, uh, reactions, The Governor. If you've ever met The Governor from The Walking Dead, he kind of talked like this. So... (laughs) And uh, plus lots of other stuff. Um, con coverage. We'll be uh, releasing some con coverage from this con and uh, all kinds of stuff. So fandomspotlight.com or just go to YouTube and look for Fandom Spotlight. And uh, also Fandom Spotlight on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And that's all i got to say about that. All right, mortals, thank you for coming. You've been a lovely yeah. audience. Thank you. Thanks for coming.